Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can be like Jesus. I'm Gian Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Gian. So, Gian, you got the chance to interview your AD. Yes, Chad, we've been blessed here at Liberty over the past 10 plus years. Um, Jeff Barber was our AD when we were students, and then a little bit when I became the coach. And the last few years, we've been led by Ian McCall, and he had just taken Liberty to new heights. Um, it's just been incredible, the growth we've seen all over the, the, the campus, as, as in facilities, as well as the growth and results. Um, obviously, jump started by football and basketball, who are just on the national scene constantly now. But then every other sport has just grown tremendously. And we transitioned from the Big South to the A-Sun a few years ago, and we thought, There'll be a few years of adaptation to this new conference, but we've hit the ground running and we've won almost as many uh, conference championships in the A-Sun as we've had in the last few years of Big South. So he's done a great job. And what are some of the things that you liked on this podcast that you want to tease out to our listeners? Yeah, and, and I think just for me, from a distance of watching all the athletic programs, you know, I'm a big fan of, of Liberty football and basketball and obviously your programs there, Gian. Um, but you can tell just the, the vision, the organization um, that, that Ian has led with um, to just have this accelerant come in these last few years. Um, but within this podcast, I think the guests are going to really enjoy. I mean, if, if Ian McCall was your, your father and you were thinking of a career in, in athletics, um, I think we should definitely listen to this advice and that question that you asked on, um, you know, what advice did you give to your son? Uh, as he's going off and starting out his career. Uh, so good answer. Um, and then what about for you? Anything that comes to your mind, Jimin? Yeah, I, one of the questions I asked him was, what is the kind of like one of the biggest misconceptions about being an AD? And, and he did talk about that as well as what is the biggest task that he has? Because he's not just leading coaches. He has a support staff that includes athletic training and fitness trainers and media and marketing and how, how he does that. Um, um, successfully so he shared a little bit about that but coach again we don't want to take too much time just a quick reminder there's an extra question um, from Ian on our patreon group the link is in the show notes the question I asked him was how important is it to have a mentor in this you know business of a college athletics as well as what should we be looking for in a mentor um, Ian in his interview will talk about his own mentor and Kevin White who um, was the main athletic director and now is currently Duke's athletic director um, and and Ian talked about their relationship a little bit but that extra question is on our Patreon group if you want to join um, it's on the on the show notes you can you can definitely check that out but coach again we don't want to take too much more time let's get it to it right now Ian McCaw thank you so much for coming on the Christian Coach podcast it's an honor um, you, you know, our first question is always, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? But for you, it's what does it mean to you to be a Christian AD? Yeah, well, thank you. First of all, thanks for having me. It's a real privilege to be with you, Gian. But you know, I think uh, it's, it's really about being a Christian leader. And, uh, you know, what we're called to do is to, uh, to follow Christ and to serve. And so uh, in my role as uh, leading Liberty Athletics, I, I look at uh, my position as one to serve the university as though working for the Lord, as it says in Colossians 3.23. So uh, ultimately, as Christian coaches or administrators, we're to honor the Lord through our work. And that's really a form of uh, worship. Yeah. Did you always want to be an AD? 
You know, um, I, I really uh, didn't. I started off in college athletics 35 years ago. And uh, uh, at that point, my first job was working athletic communications, kind of the SID field. And I loved doing that and uh, really would have been very content doing that for, you know, my entire career. But I had a great mentor by the name of Kevin White. Uh, he was the athletic director at the time at the University of Maine. He's now the athletic director at Duke. And uh, he really encouraged me and mentored me and uh told me he felt I could become an effective athletic director. And uh, I've been fortunate to be able to do that now for 25 years at four different schools. Yeah. What was your mindset in, in that decision making, leaving a specific niche job of being a, you know, a, a, in media and then now being able to lead, you know, a whole department and a whole, you know, athletics department? Yeah, it was it was really progressive growth. And, you know, I start off again, kind of SID and then uh, oversaw marketing and then external affairs. And then I had uh, a period of time working in, in development. So kind of a, a gradual growth. And then uh, eventually, I think I was 34 when I had a chance to become an athletic director for the first time. So I was kind of gaining more experience over those those years to, to a point where uh, I was prepared to do the job. And again, that wouldn't have happened without a great mentor who was really committed to uh, to my development. Yeah. Now your son is an SID at Missouri. Is that correct? Yes. He yeah. Yes. He, uh, he was a graduate assistant uh, here and now in his first year working in Missouri. So uh, that's a great experience. What tips, what tips have you given him? Yeah. From um, a former SID. Yeah, probably too much advice <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, but um, yeah, I've turned, I really told him to uh, challenge himself to, uh, to develop in, in areas outside of just being SID, learn how to do graphics, learn how to do social media and creative services and kind of broaden your horizons because uh, uh, you're probably not going to be in that job for, you know, for your entire career. So you need yeah. to learn some different skills and abilities and, and grow uh, as a leader as well. That's good. That's good. Um, now let's go back um, as far back as you want to go. Um, but not many people know you, you were born in Canada. Mm -hmm. Um and I told you before we started recording, you don't have an accent, so, you know, you can pass. I don't have that, that, that benefit. I'm from Brazil, and sometimes a few yeah. of my words still come through. Um, yeah. But give us, go back to Canada. Where, where in Canada you grew up, and how was your family life back then? Yeah. So again, uh, yeah, just as you grew up in Brazil, I grew up in Canada, and uh, a little bit different culture than, than the United States in both cases. Uh, Canada is not a uh, heavily church country, and so faith's not a really vibrant part of the culture. So, um, you know, my family rarely went to uh, went to church. So I grew up, I uh, just remember playing a lot of sports and uh, had a lot of interest in sports, had a lot of interest in business. And that's kind of what led me to, uh, to getting into the, the field of college athletics. Okay. Um, and then how did that transition to America happen? Yeah, so I, I pursued a master's degree at the University of Massachusetts in sport management, and uh, uh, that's what really brought me to the states. And uh, um, I've been here ever since. Did you did you meet your wife then, or? Yeah. I did. So my first uh, my first job out of graduate school at UMass was at the University of Maine, and uh, again that was where I met uh, Kevin White, my mentor, and uh, more importantly met my wife Heather. <laughs> And uh, so we were uh, we were married, and uh, two weeks after we were married, um, I had an opportunity to uh, to join uh, Kevin White at, at Tulane University down in New Orleans. So my wife was uh, a great sport and great supporter of of, uh, of my career, and and uh, followed me along uh, uh, to Tulane, and and uh, we've been blessed to be married for 29 years. Yeah, it college athletics. There's a lot of shifting around and a lot of moving, right, for coaches and you know, administrators, 
how give us some tips because i know a lot of coaches are in this transition period as well give us some tips on how you can get your family to also buy into that kind of lifestyle yeah you know um no question and, and it's a challenge when when you move uh, every time you move moving is a is very hard uh, one of the things we've tried to do is keep our family together uh, during those moves and try to minimize the time that we're separated. And we've been able to do that for the most part to kind of keep everyone together. Uh, so that, that's one thing I would definitely recommend people do. But, you know, when you have those opportunities to really just pray, uh, pray through them, seek, uh, seek the Lord's will. And I, um, in my role, I'm fortunate to be able to talk to a lot of you know, coaches and administrators as they're evaluating different opportunities. And, um, you know, it's, it's really, uh, amazing. I think God really, you know, opens doors and provides clarity as to whether this is the right opportunity to pursue or, or if it's time to just pause and, and, and stay where you are. And, uh, we kind of look for those markers and, and look for those signs and, and really make sure we pray through those decisions. And honestly, some of the best career, uh, moves I've made is not to move anywhere and, and to stay stay put and, and to uh, you know pass on on opportunities. So um, again, I think there's a lot of uh, wisdom in, in really seeking wise counsel, praying through decisions, you know, studying God's word as it really applies to a particular opportunity, and and uh, you know trying to make the best decision you can, uh, seeking His will. Yeah, you you mentioned you you didn't grow up in a in a Christian home. Um, how did you come to, to faith in Christ? Yeah, so it's a, a neat story. So when I, I moved to, to Maine, I didn't know anyone. And uh, I was befriended by a, a student athletic trainer. We, we hung out together and, you know, played tennis and racquetball and had, had some discussions. And he shared with me who's a Christian. And I wasn't fully uh, appreciative of what that meant at the time. But you know, we became close friends and, and he really kind of challenged me to determine uh, who Christ is. And so through reading the Bible and talking with him and reading some books, I remember reading uh, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis and uh, A Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. You know, I made a decision that uh, Jesus is who he claims to be, the son of God. And, uh, you know, from that point on, my, my life and perspective was, uh, was changed. Yeah, I, I remember reading Mere Christianity and feeling like he knew exactly what I was going through. it's like does he know me or um, yeah Uh, but but it's true um how important is it to to have those kinds of people in your life that will spur you into growing your faith yeah it's really it's really invaluable and of course we're uh gene you and i are blessed being around a kind of community of believers here at liberty and you know, working with coaches and staff and, and uh, being around student athletes that are, that are believers. So it's great to have a kind of a, a web of, uh, of a community like that. But, you know, having uh, kind of spiritual mentors or, or people you really turn to uh, that are, uh, you know, strong in their faith just uh, is critical um, and uh, uh, obviously a huge blessing as well. Yeah. What um, being an AD and we have a lot of guests who are coaches and um, maybe they want to move into that um, administrative work. What are some of the, you think, misunderstandings about the AD profession that coaches might not get it, or maybe the the regular population might not get it? Yeah. Um, you know, you know, as an athletic director, again, your, your job is to lead a large group of people. So you're leading 200 staff members in our case. And, and it's not just coaches. No, no, uh, administrators and support staff and coaches and, and 600 student athletes. And, and um, 
you know, I think one of the most challenging parts of the job is communicating because you're trying to communicate what you're doing, what your vision is, what you're trying to accomplish to all these different constituents, including uh, alumni and former athletes and corporate sponsors and donors and, and others. So it's a really uh, kind of complex leadership role. So it's a little bit like running a small business within the context of, of higher education. And uh, none of us are perfect. None of us get it right all the time. But, um, you know, what really, again, is, as long as your, your heart's in it and you're trying to, again, serve your coaches and staff and student athletes and lead your program, you know, with integrity, that that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. You mentioned that, you know, we, we have it a little easier than most coaches because we're in a great university that, you know, that promote Christian values and things. But a lot of the, the listeners don't don't have that. Um, what are some of the things that you, and you've worked in secular universities as well? What were things that you do on a consistent basis to continue to stay centered in Christ in order to lead others? You know, and might not be outwardly just outspoken because, you know, you're working at a public setting. But what are some of the things that you do on a regular basis to stay centered? Yeah, so a couple of things. Um, obviously, there are a lot of, uh, you mentioned athletes in action, but there are a lot of different kind of coaching groups uh, where people of faith come together. Same thing for athletic directors. We have something called ADs for Christ, and there's about 300 athletic administrators that are they're part of that. I'm, I'm a member of their board. And so, you know, that gives an opportunity to have some fellowship with, with others who are in the, the same uh, field that you are. But um uh, you know, I think it's important to have uh, really strong spiritual disciplines as well. And, you know, for me, that starts in the morning. I'm a morning person. So I like to get up and uh, I work out first. And then I have a quiet time and read some scripture and have a couple different devotions that I go through and then a time of prayer. And that really kind of sets my day um, by doing that. And, uh, you know, I find windows through the day when, you know, when I can pray and, and I usually read some Christian literature uh, in the evening as well. But, you know, having, having some spiritual disciplines in your life, I think is essential to, uh, to really keep you uh, centered and, and grounded. Yeah. I, I drive by the LAC where your office is every morning. And my goal is always to try to beat you there. <laughs> but somehow it's you and Chris Sennett are, you know, in charge of financials. They're always parked there, you know, and I'm like, I need to get there a little earlier. So maybe they're yeah. not there. Um, but that's my, my little competition in the morning is try to get to the office before you. But what is, how important is it to have a morning routine? I also do. I, I don't exercise in the morning because my kids wake up very mm. early still. But I do try to wake up early enough to read and to spend time with God. But how important is it to have a morning routine in order to set you up for, for the day? Yeah, I'm, I'm a really, uh, I like to be organized and structured. So, so for me, it's really important. I know some other people, um, you know, who, who uh, are, are better in the evening or better at different times of the day. I think that's great. But uh, for me, um, I really need to get, get grounded in the morning because if, if I'm missing really either my workout or my, my quiet time, uh, I just don't feel right. And um, you kind of feel off center as you head in the day. And, and uh, you know, you're going to face challenges during the day. There's going to be uh, issues and battles and temptations and frustrations. And, and uh, uh, I think if you have yourself well-grounded and well-prepared to start the day, you're going to be in a much better position to, uh, to deal with those things. Yeah. When I'm a, I'm a routine guy too. And when COVID hit, I just, my routines went out the window, you know, I can't drop off my kids at school anymore. <laughs> and so that, that made me a little bitter to begin with, but then you, you got to adapt and find different, find different routines then to, to continue to, to be productive and, and stay centered in Christ. Um, my, my last question, um, Ian is 
what is one message or, or lesson that you want all of your coaches to know when they leave LU or retire uh, when you're not working with them anymore? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, we're, we're all going to leave a legacy and uh, th that legacy will be different for, for each person. But I thought the, the person who really summed it up well um, was our, our track and field coach, Brant Tolzma, who, as you know, recently retired. Now, here's a coach, the most successful coach in the history of Liberty University. Uh, 77 Coach of the Year awards. Can't even really fathom <laughs> that. He won 116 conference championships. Again, just a, an astonishing amount of success. And uh, when he retired, he made the statement that the trophies that mean the most to him are the student athletes who are walking around that, that he influenced for Christ. That, that's really what, you know, what meant the most to him. And, you know, I guess I, I can't imagine a better way to sum up a, a career than that. And again, there's somebody who was at the peak of his profession, had overwhelming, you know, success in terms of uh, competition. But, you know, that was really what he valued the most. And uh, I feel the same way. I mean, I've been very fortunate to be at some schools where we won national championships and conference championships and had some tremendous success, including here at Liberty. But, you know, running and leading a, a Christ-centered athletic program that serves and ministers to our coaches and staff and student athletes is, is much more important. Yeah. Well, Ian, thank you. Before, before we pray, my, I know you like to read a lot of books. And so... Yeah. Which books would you recommend to a young coach or maybe just a regular, not a regular coach, but like a, a coach that's been doing it for a while now that maybe has influenced you and your career that, that you would like them to read as well? Yeah, uh, there, there's so many. It's hard to, yeah. to name just a few, uh, Gian. Um, but, you know, I, I began studying leadership when I was in my 20s and I started studying it before I actually became, you know, a, a top leader. And that's that's one thing I'd really recommend to, to all the listeners is learn how to become a good leader, because whether you're a coach or administrator or businessman, uh, businesswoman, whatever you end up doing, leadership skills will serve you well in, in any of those fields. So a couple of my favorites are, are John Maxwell and Patrick Lencioni. Um, I, I read a lot of Jack Welch's books as well, but I guess name maybe a couple, uh, Patrick Lencioni, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, yep. and he also wrote a book called The Advantage, which is really good. People haven't heard as much about that, but it really talks about how to build a, a healthy uh, organizational culture. And, and uh, so those would be a couple that, that I'd recommend. Yeah. I do. I do like the advantage because it, it is true. You know, he is very famous for, you know, the um, the five dysfunctions of a team. But um, the advantage is a really good book. And um, and it changes. It's a little bit off of from what his regular books look like um, a little bit, too. Um, yeah, we read dysfunctions of a team with our with our team this year. And they they understand that the, the way he writes is so easy to read that mm -hmm. even our international students can can read it and grasp the ideas right away. Uh, yeah. Well, Ian, thank you so much for, for coming on. We would like to, to pray for you. So how can we be praying for you? Yeah. One, one thing is um, I've um, uh, I came across something recently called the wisdom challenge and uh, it's where you read through uh, the, uh, the book of Proverbs and you read a chapter that corresponds with the day of the month each day. So you read first chapter on you know, the first of the month, the second chapter and second month and so forth. So I've challenged uh, my family to do that with me through the month of July and uh, to just pray that that would be a time where we'd all uh, grow in wisdom. Uh, there's a lot of wisdom in the book of Proverbs. And uh, um, if, if I could leave a legacy of wisdom with my family, I think that I would feel uh, very grateful to be able to do that. That's great. All right, let's pray. 
Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this beautiful day. Thank you that you're in control of it, Lord, and that you're in control of our lives. Um, thank you for Ian and his leadership at Liberty um, and everywhere he's been. Lord, I pray that you will um, be with him and his family as they take on this wisdom challenge of reading um, the Proverbs of the day, Lord, that they will be able to not just read it, but internalize all that knowledge Lord, that, that you want um, that you want him and his family to know um, and be able to apply that to their lives in a consistent basis, in a way that, that glorifies and honors you. Um, Lord, uh, be, be with Ian now as we move on to another year of athletics, um, that, that you continue to, to be in the center of his life, that he'll continue to seek you on a, on a daily basis and, and, and seek you for guidance. Lord, and thank you so much for for saving us, for, for dying on the cross for our sins. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Uh, Jean, that was that was so good. Uh, really enjoyed that interview with, with Ian. I'm thankful for him to spend his time with, with us on this podcast. And I just really love that thought of, um, as a Christian coach, you know, what are the trophies? That, that continue on and for coach Tolzma to have dozens and dozens of of you know gold trophies and first place trophies but to think for me in my short coaching career you know how many how many trophies of humans of, of young people that we've coached and impacted are out there in the real world right now um, and I think that I love that at Liberty one of the biggest Christian schools in the country to have Ian leading and, and influencing you coaches to focus on that yeah you know you're going to be competitive you're, you're going to win a lot of matches and, and titles but um, if you're not making trophies out of the the student athletes that you're coaching um, uh, you know then you're missing you're missing what it's all about yeah i i re it reminded me of a quote about, about a story from john wooden that in the middle of their success there at ucla an interviewer asked him is this the most successful team you've ever had and his answer was, ask me in 20 years. And I was like, Oof, all right. I got fired up after that one. Um, and so I think Coach Tolzma was a great uh, coach here at Liberty, but another great, you know, godly man that we had on the podcast on that season one. And But again, Ian's just just incredible leader who just hit the ground running right when he got here. And and I'm so thankful that, that he's a part of our Liberty family. I loved his morning routine. You know, I'm a morning guy with morning habits, Chad, and so I loved hearing that. And it is unbelievable, Chad. Every morning, this guy's here around 7 a.m. And I know his, his kids are a little older now, um, and so he kind of has that morning off to, to do morning habits and get to work. But his wife is a, is a local um, teacher here at, in Lynchburg as well. So, and I know that he still prioritizes family time. So it's not like it. He's just a workaholic. No, he gets in at 7 a.m. so he can do a good job and then he can have that evening with his family. And um, he's been such a great example for all of us here at Liberty. And Coach, we're just so thankful that you guys are listening to us. You guys are commenting and, and sending us notes. Um, continue to share these episodes and, and, and rate us on, on Apple Podcasts. It takes less than a minute. And that helps to spread this message and, and continue to, to, to share our, our vision for this podcast. Um, but coach, again, I want to tease uh, our next guest. He just became Twitter famous a few weeks ago with a with a with a with a tweet that had a controversial, you know, text. But once you watch the video, it should really inspire you to be like him. 
Um, I don't want to say too much more, but I don't want to spoil it. But next week, you guys will love the conversation we had with this coach. And coach, remember, the mission field is right where you're at.